When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yep, and welcome back to Talking Knicks. It's been a couple weeks. The Knicks season after the trade deadline continued to spiral, but since we last spoke, the Knicks are on a heater. Three and eight in their last 11 since we last talked. Today, I am joined by Greg Poon, Tommy Piccolo. We're going to talk about the games you missed. You probably missed them if you're trying to live a happy life. We'll talk about some of the highs, the lows, a little Fizdale, what we've seen on the court that we like. Probably a lot more we didn't like. Let's talk Knicks. Post the toes, but then stuffing again, ignited, exciting the guard crowd. Just keep playing the intro song. That might be better than what we're about to talk about. No! Welcome back to Talking Knicks. I am Jake Storielli at Talking Jake on the Twitter sphere. How's everyone doing today? Knicks basketball. We we missed a two game win streak. Let's let's get to the fellas though. I I as mentioned, joined by Greg Poon. Greggy, how you doing, brother? What's going on, Jake? I'm doing well. Went to a to a baptism today. You know those are always lit. So mm. went there. Now I'm here. What, Were you did- invited? <laughs> no, I'm a, I just frequent baptisms. <laughs> that's yeah, coming out in 2022 baptism crashers. That'll that's uh <laughs> that'll be good. I thought I thought you were gonna say you dunked on someone on the court again. Uh no. That's how just... you used to baptize people. Oh. Tommy Tommy P, how many how many baptisms you been to ever? I can't recall a single one that I've been to. Pitching I, a shutout. Yeah, no, because I've always been so blackout drunk. <laughs> no, no. Um, no baptisms. Uh, had some friends spend the night. Some friends of ours from high school, actually. Uh, Jim Widman and his Ooh. wife, Dan. The couple that set up my wife and I. Uh, stayed at that. Friday, we, we ordered in some dinner. Mm. It was really a nice evening together. We we all put the phones away. There was no technology. It was a uh, it was pretty pretty old school evening. But uh, since then, I've just been on Nick's Twitter, just yeah, having, having a miserable time. Really not enjoying myself at all. You know, today I actually missed the first half of today's game because I was doing yoga. I had to had Ooh. to separate from it. And by the time I came back, it was just a tire fire. So no, nah, I'm I'm excited to, to talk about it with you guys. Yeah, I love. Uh, I'm glad you had a good swingers night. And the the Knicks have been tough, man. Um, well, today today was one of their. I mean, I'll send it right back to you quick on today's game, Tom. Was this the worst effort of the season, the Clippers game? Well, like I missed the first half, and I think that is where most of the damage was done. That third quarter, they actually, I think they outscored the Clippers by like 19 points or something that third quarter, but they were still down by like another 20. <laughs> pretty much impossible to, to, to come back. But for, even from what I saw, the energy was bad. And the, it just the body language was rough. Nothing was, was, was working. Um, and I, I even noticed that they started the, the, first, the second half with two isolation post-ups for Noah Vonley. Mm. And that's just a bad sign if that's how your offense is, is trying to kickstart itself. It's like the shot of adrenaline it needed. It was, it was pretty rough. So... I, I would say that this is one of the worst efforts. I know the Utah Jazz game right around Christmas time. Wasn't it around Christmas? It yeah. was uh, – that was another just abysmal one. Rudy Gobert dunked every single possession. So that one sticks out for me, but this was another one that was pretty much unwatchable. Yeah, so this was their second game losing by at least 30 at halftime of the season. Then they're losing by 36 this game. Mm. Lost the first quarter by 18. Lost the second quarter by 18. Pretty good, pretty consistent. So, can you really complain about that? <laughs> you can. When Noah Vonley led the team in scoring with 17, 
Uh, Mitch Robb with another solid game. I think he's he's probably going to be our highlighted player we talk about this podcast to, to get all our good thoughts out there. Um, Greggy, I'm, I'm going to kick it back to you. It's It's been a couple weeks. Uh, we When we last talked, we were in the midst of our losing streak. I think, what did we get up to, 18? Yeah, I think so. I think that's right. I think, I think so. There's at least we, 18 at home. It might have been more than that overall. Yeah. We, it, we, it felt like more than that for sure. <laughs> it definitely did. Um, we, we pull out Big W at Atlanta, uh, Valentine's Day, the last game before the All-Star break. I, uh, not to toot my own horn, I saw this coming. Atlanta had just beaten the Lakers. Everyone was excited about that. That's when people still thought the Lakers were going to turn it on. Uh, well, talking Lakers must be in a tough spot right now, huh? Um, would that be would that be the only worst case than the Knicks right now? Celtics are having a rough time. Yeah, but they're still comfortably in the playoffs. They're locked into the fifth at least. Yeah, the Celts are. The talking Lakers has to be have some tough episodes. Yeah, they just I, lost to the Suns, who are worse than us. But at least That's there's right. some like intrigue and drama there. I mean, if you're talking Suns, that would just be yeah. always the worst. Oh, they just got a big win. Anyways, enough, enough talking sons. Um, Greggy, the past two weeks or so, we get the win at Atlanta. Um, we had a two-game winning streak, San Antonio. Huge. We, we, we somehow managed them well. We get Orlando's been uh, their on or their off team all year. And then we come out, we, we win the Cleveland game and then go expert-level tank mode. Um, and then the the worst effort ever today after a Saturday night in Los Angeles. Greg, what over these past two weeks? As what's jumping out to you? What's not jumping out to you? I mean, I, you you touched on it. Mitchell Robinson has been the big thing. I mean, I'm sure we'll get to him more. So I'll I'll spread the wealth. Moody has come back. He's looked pretty good. You know, he looked just like he looked before he, he got injured, and uh, now now he's in the bench role. So. He's been good, but, you know, who knows if we're going to keep him around or not. Trier, Trier has been good, so that's good. Um, he was pretty bad for, like, a long time. Like, when he was on his two-way contract, he was really good, and we are like, all right, let's lock this guy up for a couple of years. He signed, ink dried. Then he was just bad for, like, a while. He was just launching shots. Then back in that Rockets game when he was going back and forth with Harden, ever since then he's – Picked it up again. I know he put up 18 against the the Magic. Four for five from the field, nine for ten free throws. He was one of the big guys uh, leading us to that victory. So it was yeah, good, to see, good to see from him. He's been doing that a lot lately where he's been putting up these scoring numbers with very few field goal attempts because of how many free throws he's been getting. So the, over the last five games, so pretty small sample, but last five games he's averaging 17 points, shooting, more than, shooting better than 56% from the field. He is hitting 50% from three and about three attempts. And he's getting to the line more than five times a game, hitting almost 90% of those. So he's he's being just extremely efficient. He's getting to the rim a ton, getting to the free throw line. He's hitting his threes. He's doing everything you want him to do. Um, and like you said, after that, he's bounced back after that um, midseason swoon he had. So that's been really encouraging in addition to all the, the Mitchell Robinson stuff. Yeah, Trier looks like he's back. I don't know if he, you know, got his legs back or rookie slump, whatever you want to call it. Um, I I don't know. I think I I kind of want to jump to Mitchell Robinson a little bit while while we're there because I I guess we're we're getting some of the highlights out of the way. Although I do want to talk about Damian Dotson. Dame Dot during the stretch where they won three out of four games, Dame Dot was averaging nineteen and four. Um, <laughs> you know, shooting 44% from three. I guess I'm not going to Mitchell Robinson. Let's, let's talk Dame Dada. Shout out to Kenny, who, who's not with us tonight. Uh, Kenny's guy. Where, where do we stand on Dame Dada? There's times when he looks like kind of the, the quintess, quintessential. Is that a word I use? Professional. Um, he hits his shots. He, he, he shoots well from the free throw line. He's he plays defense. He shoots threes well. Eight for thirteen in that San Antonio game from distance. Um, where are we at with Dame Dot? Like, is this is this a guy we think is part of the Knicks' future when we start mentioning Knox, Mitchell Robinson, whoever it is? 
Yeah, I, I mean, think so. I mean, I, I think he'd be like for a, a championship team, he'd be closer to like an eighth man, a seventh or eighth man. But he's a, a pretty reliable two way guy. He does on defense. He gets lost off the ball a good amount. I don't know if that's just disinterest because a lot of the Knicks games are not interesting. <laughs> but yeah. um, like he's got some on the ball defensive skill. He's strong. He's been working on on passing the ball lately. It seems like. Um, Earlier in the season, he was really one of the worst statistical passing guards in the league. So I have a stat here. It's kind of interesting. So through February 1st, from the beginning of the season to th- uh, through February 1st, there were 69 guards who had usage rates of 15% or higher, and Dotson was tied for dead last in assist percentage with Jalen Brown. So they were the two worst guards at uh, at creating for their teammates. Um but since he's been like, I think he had an, a six assist game the other night. He's been uh, definitely distributing the ball more lately. I've been picking up some some videos of him coming out of the pick and roll, uh, hitting the roll man. He threw some alley oops to Mitchell Robinson, and uh, it's just been a, a good thing to see because you want to have your guards be able to to all. Everyone needs to be able to pass, dribble, and shoot. That's like the, the main skills, the basic level skills that you need for an NBA guard. And uh, yeah, unless you're like Clay Thompson who doesn't pass much at all, you need your guy to be able to create for others. And that's what Dawson's doing now. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're right. I think he's just a, a solid role player. He'll be like our Alfonso McKinney next year when we're the, Warrior, wow. when we're the Warriors. <laughs> good, good. I love a good early Alfonso McKinney shout-out and talking Knicks. Um, man, and I, I, I don't know if Ken's going to be happy that we're – that I'm, that I'm saying this or if he's going to be punching a steering wheel that he's not here for this, but man, are, are the Danny green comparisons kind of fair? Um, I, I mean, I just went through some of Danny green stats. They're not as impressive as what he actually brings to the court. And I know I'm, I'm already picturing Tom saying Dame dot's not the defender Danny green is. Um, and maybe he can get there. Maybe he can't, but um, I mean, both second round pits Dame dot was two fourteen. Danny green was two sixteen. Um, and Danny Green's numbers in his early years are actually, I mean, fairly similar. It actually took him a little bit of time to get going, but a 24-year-old Danny Green was averaging nine points per game, three and a half rebounds. He was shooting 40, 44% from three, but only taking three and a half chances per game. And it was the Spurs. I mean, that I feel like you have to mention that Spurs caveat. But, man, Dame Dot, almost averaging 10 points, three and a half rebounds. And he's shooting 38% on four attempts from threes. Not in the Spurs system. He's on the Knicks still, reminder. Um, is that fair, Tom? Are we too far off the path? Well, it sounds like you don't even need me here. You're just making, <laughs> up, my, making up my arguments for me. But, uh, no, he's definitely not the defender Danny Green is. But he's also a much better rebounder than, than Danny Green is. So that's that's one thing. The other is, you mentioned it, the just the three-point accuracy. Um I feel like Danny Green, he like you said earlier in his career, he was almost out of the league, I think, when he was in Cleveland, and, and his stint with the Spurs really revitalized his career. But um, I, overall, I think he's just a – he was in his prime a much more accurate three-point shooter than Dotson has been. What's Dot, So Dotson's shooting 38% on four attempts per game. It's yeah. very good, but it's, it's like you got to get to that 40% threshold, I think, before you start having that conversation. Oh, and it's not out of reach. We'll get there next year when we have Durant and Kyrie open up some <laughs> space. Should we just go there? Should we go lotto, lotto balls and free agency? No, no, we'll we'll <clears throat> land there. Um, let's 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 talk about the big man, and it's it's kind of been a beautiful story. I mean, Mitchell Robinson, second round pick, uh, young guy who you know we like to have some fun sorting some stats on the Basketball Reference when. When you filter in some of the things he's doing with block shots, you can put him in some elite big man company. And, I mean, it's, it's got the storyline. DeAndre Jordan comes over, um, which is a player we've compared him to before that. Uh, Hammer, what, what, do you, what do you got on the big fella? I mean, he's been incredible. He's been really the main bright spot for watching this team, They're like the reason that you even tune in every game. Just uh, we'll start offensively. His the, the lob threat is constantly there. I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, just how many dunks he's thrown down in the last couple of weeks. 
but you can't even keep up with all of his highlight plays if you're trying to like get them up onto Twitter and and you know get those get that engagement. Mm. You you can't possibly do it as fast as, as Mitchell Robinson is throwing down dunks. Everyone's throwing him alley oops. Even guys who don't normally make passes. I was tweeting this earlier. Like Kevin Knox is one of the worst passing guys on the team. He's even looking to throw uh, lobs to, to Mitchell Robinson here. So the the downside is it, it kind of empowers guys to throw some really risky or just horrendous passes. We saw a couple of those tonight against the Clippers. But you you'll take that downside with all the upside of just having a guy who can finish so well around the rim, who can clean up like he gets so many offensive rebounds. You you think that the Knicks would have, would miss Enos Cantor on the offensive glass only, but not even that. Like Mitchell Robinson is is taking care of that. So uh, that's that's just him on offense. I've been you know we kind of knew that he had this defensive shot blocking capability, but I did not expect to see him producing on the offensive end this early in his career. His last 18 games, so, I mean, not not the smallest of sample sizes. Last 18 games, he's been averaging 21 minutes, shooting 75% from the field on 5.3 attempts, uh, seven boards, nine and a half points, three blocks. Um, I mean, Greggy, I, I know we we half grin because I'd say one, I'd say tw- we're up to twice a week now where the text message gets exchanged between us that says, yo, what if Durant signs with the Knicks though? Um, Cause it's, it's just a world we haven't lived in. Where does Mitchell Robinson fit into all this? I mean, is, is the hopes for him to be kind of like where we've seen the big man go a little bit where it's kind of 25 minutes, put in your time, rebound block shots, but a lot of matchups you're not going to be there are, I mean, I'm not going to jump to Rudy Gobert comparisons, but I mean, when we're starting to look at the Knicks going forward, is it something we can say that Mitchell Robinson is going to be a starting 30 minutes big man for us? Yeah. I mean, I think if that's what the center position is going to be going forward, then, then yes. But like you said, sometimes centers can only play 25 minutes with the way it's going, but he's shown the, uh, a decent ability to, to, to guard the perimeter. I mean, obviously he, he hasn't been attacked as much as I'm sure he will be as when we get to rent, but you know, <laughs> he, he does well for himself. And plus, like you mentioned, the go bear comparisons, his, his, his defense is just game changing. You know, he's, he's third in the NBA and blocks per game. And he only plays 18.6 minutes per game. <laughs> the, two people, the two people ahead of him, are Anthony Davis and Miles Turner. Davis plays 34.7. Turner plays 28.2. So blocks. Davis, Davis won't be playing 34 minutes per game for very long. Like that's yeah. going to drop precipitously. He's playing like 15 minutes a game now. Yeah. Right. So one more. Okay. Blocks per 48 minutes. Miles Turner, 4.74. Anthony Davis, 3.42. Mitchell Robinson, 5.9. Wow. Just If he gets the minutes, he's, he's leading the NBA in blocks. And he's not far off this year, even though he doesn't have the minutes. Yeah, the, the other thing I'd point out is he does, as far as like the Rudy Gobert comparison, he definitely jumps at a lot more pump fakes than someone like Gobert does, who, who remains on his feet and vertical. But um, So like that gets him into some foul trouble still, even though he has improved there. The other thing is, I would say like Gobert struggled in last year's playoffs defending yeah. out in space. Like there were times when they when they just had to take him out, like the defensive player of the year, because he couldn't defend on the perimeter. Mitchell Robinson has more lateral quickness than Rudy Gobert and has shown that he can defend guards, I think, I think better than Gobert can. So there's some major upside there. Um, it's just a matter of of discipline and getting reps and being able to d- protect the rim at a Gobert-like level, which really is another level right now. And think think about how far we've come. This guy was a second-round pick that nobody saw him play basketball last year. Um, we didn't know. we This guy could have ended up in the G League playing minutes very well, um, and now it's you know March, March 4th, and we're comparing him to Rudy Gobert potentially. So, I mean, just the fact we're talking about it and – 
now I'm seeing on basketball reference, they have his nickname listed as the block nest monster. So, I mean, I'm, I think I just have to get that Jersey right now. Um, but yeah, and I, Tom, I, I, this one's kind of an awkward one and I think we'll move on from Mitchell, but you, you've talked about the lob threat and the gifts are cracking me up. Um, cause some of these passes, I, I said before, when we were talking, like I'm, I am a ridiculous point guard when I'm on a basketball court, high turnover to assist ratio, um, looking to make that one pass so that after the game I can be like, hey, you guys see that one pass though? And that's kind of what the Knicks are doing with Mitchell Robinson. What, what can you tell us about just having him as that lob threat? I mean, what, what can that do for an offense? Yeah, I think the, the conventional wisdom there is that just having a – having a guy who when he rolls to the basket off a pick and roll just just creates so much uh, you know deserves so much attention from the defense right so when he gets to the rim guys on the weak side need to get down to the paint to make sure that he's not throwing down dunks over everyone like it's just he's such a focal point of the defense now like they need to game plan for him and him rolling so and it just creates so much more space on the perimeter when uh when, when defenders on the, on the help side need to need to go down there and tag him and uh when when you're able to surround him with shooters like we've seen Henry Ellenson actually have a lot of success with Mitchell Robinson on the court because because Robinson's creating so much space yeah and he's he's really starting to score he's averaging 6.6 points on the year but in 9 of the last 11 games he's been in double digits so he's getting and, the burn and he's delivering. And we're, we, I, I mentioned the ridiculous passes. And again, I think we said this, we've said this previously, but, you know, imagine if this guy had a Mike Conley, a Chris Paul passing to him. I mean, what, what would we be truly saying about his rookie season? So um, a definite bright spot. And it's funny, I'm, I'm clicking on links through basketball reference. And man, depending these next two guys we're going to talk about, the Knicks' recent draft history could be pretty impressive. Chris Stapps, I mean, Og- Ognan Yaramaz, we haven't seen too much of him yet. He, but he, he was, was like the 58th pick, though. Yeah, though. he was second-round second 58. But Dame Dot, that in 2017, was round 244. Frank was pick eight. We're going to talk about him a little bit. Mitchell Robinson, 236. And then Kevin Knox, the guy I kind of want to lump with with Frank a little bit, just – just to kind of get your guys' thoughts on them. I mean, you know, we, Frankie Frankie Smokes, um, I think he had a groin injury recently. He was, he was out of today's game. Um, have, have we seen – Tom, you, you mentioned Knox Floater today, and I, I, I think I'm bundling these guys together because I don't think I'm, I'm going to love where we land on it. Um, but Knox and Frank, the past two weeks, I mean, these are two, two of the guys we have eyes on. Knox, I mean, you see some of these moments and you're like, yes, sir. And then, Tom, you see his floater today and go. <laughs> well, so so the thing with Frank is his groin injury was not that recent. Like, he hasn't played a game since January 27th when he played under 15 minutes. I don't know if he – That's I don't crazy. Know he, I don't know when he heard it. Was it in warm-ups or something, or was it in that game against Miami? I don't remember. He heard it at the beginning of that game, I'm pretty sure. The beginning of that Miami game. So He, yeah, that he was played crazy. like a couple minutes, and then he left. But the, the wild thing is that like there hasn't been much of an update as far as his health. Like right. I don't even know if he's making this West Coast road trip. Have you guys heard anything about that? I have not. I don't, I'm not yeah, sure. I, I, there, was some, there was some talk of him not even going with the team. So, like – it, it, this groin injury has really lingered for him, which is which is problematic because I know a huge focus of this season for us as a pod was uh, invested in Frank's development, and we have not gotten that at all. So going back to your question about Knox, he had that really hot uh, December where he was rookie of the month and there was just so much goodwill around him. And since then, he has been, just been atrocious. Like his – his shooting numbers as far as his his field goal percentage, it doesn't matter how you look at it. Effective field goal percentage, true shooting, like it's all bottom, bottom of the league. Like he can't finish at the rim. He he's not hitting his threes. His floater has stopped falling. And he just 
relies on that mid-range floater so heavily. It is not a great sign for like considering his size and his 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 like smoothness, his athleticism. He should be able to get closer to the basket and maneuver you know towards the rim on his shots more. But he's settling for these awkward floaters. They've stopped falling for him completely. He also isn't getting out uh, on fast breaks anymore. I was looking into this. In that December, he was averaging about two and a half points per game uh, on fast breaks. And in the last eight games, he hasn't made a single shot in, in a fast break situation. So he was averaging more fast break points per game in a single game in December than he scored in his last eight games combined. He, he just isn't running anymore. I don't know if he's tired or like he's, he's probably a candidate for that rookie wall you're talking about. Yeah. And I, I'm sorry with how I phrased that. I, I did see Bark, Mark Berman today um, said that Frank, Frank is close. Um, so they're, they're quote unquote ramping it up the next few days. We'll see. I believe he is on the West coast trip. Um, so we'll, we'll see if we potentially see him against Sacto or Phoenix. Um, and man, I, it's, it's just tough with, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at Frank's current stat line and I, I almost don't want to say the numbers and a lot of them are down. Um, so I, I just don't know when he does come back and you're right, Tom, it was, it was a bizarre injury. Like, I feel like they, they said he was, <laughs> he was eyeing to play that next game. And then they're just like, ah, he's out with a groin injury. And now. I mean, yeah, he's he's missed a chunk of the season. He's got 41 games played, 16 starts. I don't I don't know, Greg. Any any Frankie Smokes <laughs> thoughts or something you want to see on him? And then what? Anything you've seen jump out to you about Noxie? Just, uh, get well soon, Frank. I, I want to see what you got. You know, I want to see yeah. this guy next to Dennis Smith Jr. I want to see yeah. that backcourt, which is see if we actually have something there. If the offense defense combo works works out, and they cancel each other out on. Their, their lesser ends of the floor. And with Knox, I mean, I'm right there with, with Tom. Hey, this guy's shooting floaters from everywhere. He'll, he'll shoot a floater from the free throw line. You'll be like, what What are you doing? Don't do that. Just, just shoot a jump shot. But to go along with how bad that is, he's shooting 36% from the field and 33% from three-point line. 33% from three-point line isn't terrible. It's like Regular bad, but it's not terrible. Thirty-six percent from the field is. If you, if you're doing worse than that, you're you're not allowed down the basketball court. And you what's know? he shooting from the free throw line? He's shooting seventy-two and a half percent from the free throw line, which is good enough. Okay. I mean, That's I'm, up, I'm, I think. Yeah, obviously you'd like that better, but you know we'll take it. He had one good game recently against the Spurs, so he had nineteen on eight for eighteen shooting. Which isn't isn't perfect. That's forty four point four percent. Four 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 four. Repeating. Imagine if I just sat here and I just kept going. Heard <laughs> a bunch of numbers. Yeah. Four, so, four, 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 that was four. good. He had eighteen against Minnesota in a loss. Five for fourteen shooting. So that's pretty bad. You know. Yeah. More recently, three for sixteen against the Magic and three for twelve against the Cavs. And one of six tonight. Yikes! And one of six so, yeah. tonight. And Tom, last time we talked on Talking Knicks, I remember some something that I loved that you said that was kind of my walk away because we were we were trying to deal with coping Knicks fans, and it was say look for some developments. And you just made a great point with Damian Dotson to start the show. You know, you we've seen Damian Dotson doing some improved things passing wise. He, you know, he had those poor guard um, passing statistics. You mentioned him and Jalen Brown. Um, yeah, Knox, and it it's tough to say. This guy's nineteen. Is it a rookie wall? Is he going to bounce back? Is it, um, you know, what what if what are the Knicks telling him? Like, hey, if you have three for sixteens, we don't care. Like, let it rip, young fella. Find some stuff out. You'd like to assume that, but we'd like to assume they did that with Frank last year. Um, I, is it too late in the year to hope to see efficiency from Knox? I mean, do we? Do we want to see him hit the boards more? Do we want to see him pass a little bit? What what would be uh, the biggest development for you with Knox? Stop taking floaters? Well, the, the, the thing with Knox is, like, he's a scorer, right? Like, he's kind of a volume shooter, at least. So if he's not scoring, there's not a whole lot else that he brings to the table, which is different than Frank. Like, Frank was never going to be a scorer. 
because he doesn't really have that mentality. So he, he would bring defense and in some passing and that's kind of it. But Knox, it's like, if, if you're not scoring, what else are you doing for me? And so, you know, I don't think, I don't think in this rookie year, we're going to see him develop as a passer to like a, a decent level or even like a league average level for his position. Rebounding would be huge. I know he's had some, some uh, double digit rebounding games, in the last like five games or so. But again, it would just be making shots and, and not like, yes, it's nice when he makes open shots that are created for him, but also creating his own shots. Cause that's going to be a huge part of his value is, is p- being one of the fulcrums of the offense, like having the offense flow through him where he's the one creating. And so that's, what I want to see, I want to see him in the half court, creating shots, efficient shots for himself, just in stretches, just in bursts doing that. And that's going to be the biggest thing for me. And, uh, Greggy, is, is there anyone, uh, um, any player stuff <laughs> that I think needs to be talked about? We hit a little bit. We signed Henry Ellenson. The, I, yeah. I was going to say, who, 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 else, who else do we need to hit player-wise? you got to talk about Dennis Smith Jr. a little bit. I mean, he's had a couple good games. His Spurs game was one of the best games of the season by a Nick. He had 19 points, 13 rebounds, 6 assists, 0 turnovers. Like 13 that. assists, 0 turnovers. If he does that every game, he's one of the best point guards in the league. <laughs> That that would be that would be nice with that nineteen point thirteen thirteen to zero turnover to assist assist to turnover ratio. Excuse me. You know, and we're testing to see if this guy is a point guard of the future for us. You know, so he he comes and goes though. I mean, in that Spurs game, he was the featured player. In that Magic game, the the, the very next game, which we also won, he he wasn't playing in the fourth quarter, so. He only had nine points in 21 minutes. But, I mean, Fizz has given him some burn. He had 29 minutes and 28 minutes in the last two games. So, we're seeing what we got. I mean, he's solid overall, but, you know, he's very inconsistent. Yeah. Better than Frank, at least at least in terms of the stats. What? And yeah, the basketball he, ability, I guess. <laughs> he's been weird, though, because, like, all the, the advanced numbers on him look really bad since he's joined the Knicks, like as far as just the on-off stuff. Like he's got the third worst on-off since he joined. So he's played 12 games for the Knicks. His plus-minus season minus 7.5 per game. So that's uh, that's just behind Knox, who's by far the worst, and then DeAndre Jordan. So And the offense has just really struggled when Dennis Smith has been on the floor. I, I mean, it, it could just be a small sample size thing. But, yeah, for whatever reason, it's just something to watch out for. Like, the, the offense has just completely stalled with DSJ on the floor. Um, I, I don't know why that is. Like, he seems to attack the rim a ton. He he gets to the line a decent amount, but he's really not hitting his free throws. That's kind of strange. Um, I don't know if that's going to be, like, a recurring thing or if that's just a blip. But, Run. yeah, I, I'm really intrigued by Dennis Smith Jr. I have no idea what to – what to expect from him on a night-to-night basis, even even as far as his like effort or anything like that. I I, I don't know. Yeah, and you wonder if he's going to be part of the future. If he's just going to be trade bait this summer once we get Kyrie, you know. That that is it. It truly is. You wonder how much of this is an audition for him to stay on the Knicks, and how much of it is an audition to maybe be a piece that has to be moved. And then we're talking about a young guy that would be on his third team before age 22. Who's he does a lot of nice stuff. He's averaging 15 and a half, six, six and a half assists. Um, the free, he has been getting to the free throw line more, but he is shooting them at a 10% lower clip than his career average, which is odd. He was almost, he was 70% with Dallas this year and he's shooting them at 56%, which is, you know, big man stuff. Uh, the three point shot hasn't really been there yet. So I, I think we can say some sample size stuff. Um, but it's, it's interesting. I, this, this sounds totally hot takey, but I feel like you see Dennis Smith jr. And you, you like it. I mean, it's athletic. I mean, he has these moments of brilliance, but I, I don't know. Am I getting Eric Bledsoe vibes? Like it, it just doesn't seem 
when you're a player that plays like this and you rely on your athleticism, um, I mean, is there a chance this guy can have Russell Westbrook type ability? I don't know. It feel it doesn't feel like that's really in reach for him. And then I don't know the guard. Like I compared him to Eric Bledsoe. We haven't seen a player like that have a ton of big time success. Eric Bledsoe is really solid and probably going to get paid this off season. But um, I don't know. Am I overthinking it? Eric Bledsoe just got paid. He just signed a four-year, $70 million extension. Did he? He did. Nice. Congrats, Eric. And there are a lot of people thinking that Bledsoe uh, should have made the all-star team this year. Like, he's on the the best team in the league record-wise. Right. And he also, just his game is is different in that he's one of the best guard defenders in the league. Um, Dennis Smith Jr., I don't think, has a chance of ever getting there. He just doesn't seem to have that mentality i put like a a clip show together of him just getting lost off ball and having no idea where what he was doing um bledsoe is just so strong and and so long so long um so i don't know about that comparison as much maybe offensively though uh you could just see with the the attacking nature of their games but um yeah like russell westbrook is a is a best case scenario i'm trying to think of other it, it might be more of like a reggie jackson situation Right, and then it, if if you land on Reggie Jackson, <laughs> where this team wants to go, I uh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't I don't want to turn into a <laughs> a Dennis Smith hate fest when he when he's been a lot better than a lot of the point guard play we we have seen. But Tom, that the the offensive efficiency numbers when he's on the court, I think there's a definite asterisk there of that's something to watch for. Ho- hopefully, it's sample size, but uh. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not conducive to the flow of the offense. Um, one other guy I want to talk about, not Henry Ellenson. Congrats on getting the contract, big dog. Um, we mentioned Fizdale before the show, and I have I have one half-hot takey thing for you. But, Tom, I think you – I forget if it was you or Greg, but one of you brought up Fizdale. Um, what is, is it just open cans if there's some new thoughts on it or are there other things we need to be worried about or, or what? Yeah. I mean, I was asking you before the show, like what, what you guys thought, because I'm kind of at a loss at this point. I'm, I'm, I'm torn between like, does this guy, you know, is he capable of, of putting together like solid offensive schemes and getting his players in the best positions to be successful? Um, like, how much of this train wreck of a season is on him when we know that the talent is bad? Like we see the players on the floor, but it's just hard to parse out what's um, the result of this roster and what's the result of maybe any shortcomings he has as a coach. So yeah, I want to get your guys' thoughts on that. Yeah. I mean, it's a tough, tough roster to work with. Like we said, I mean, they've been featuring Kevin Knox a lot since the, the Porzingis trade or the Hardaway trade. And he's been not delivering for the most part. So when your feature player is just just not performing, it's tough to tough to judge you on that. But for sure. And, like, could the, it be a situation where he needs better looks, where maybe yeah. a, a certain – if the offense flowed a certain way or if certain sets were run for Knox, maybe he would be – um, getting better looks and shooting better. I don't know that that's true. I think that Knox, at this point in his career, he's 19 years old and he's a high volume, extremely low efficiency offensive player, and that's kind of who he is. I don't, I don't really blame his struggles on Fizdale, but um, just in, in general, uh, Jake, I know you have a take, so I want to hear it. Well, and I, I don't know if this has circled the internet. I only spend my life on my phone on Twitter all day. So you'd like to think I'd see this, but I've, I've got something for you boys. What if a head coach were to become available, a certain young head coach that was really well liked in this league and came from the system. Everybody loves nowadays that might be losing his job in Los Angeles reportedly by everyone on Twitter recently. Would someone like Luke Walton move the needle for you over Fizdale? Um, Luke Walton was really well liked when he had the the young baby Lakers playing defense, which almost never happens in the NBA. And then the LeBron show comes to town. It's been ugly. 
But, I mean, a year ago, Luke Wallen was viewed as one of the best young head coaches in the league. Now things fall apart. If, if he were to get fired, I mean, does that appeal to you guys at all? I don't, I don't think so. I mean, if he's going to miss the playoffs with LeBron on his team, I don't, I don't know that I want him to be my coach. Well, and I know uh, our, our uh, founder and editor-in-chief of the Basketball Index, the B-Ball Index, his name is, he, his name is Tim, but he goes by Cranjus McBasketball. Sure. Um, family name. Yeah, it's a family name. Uh, he's a big Lakers fan, and he like, wrote the definitive piece on Luke Walton as a coach. Okay. He, he's just extremely critical of Walton's offensive schemes. He think so he says that defensively Walton like gets the most or among them like towards the top of the league uh as far as like getting the most out of his team's defense. Right. But um like utilizing his team's offensive skills, he's among the worst in the league um per Cranjus McBasketball's uh <laughs> His rating system. So that's, I mean, I'm not like a coaching scheme schematic expert or anything like that. I just know what I see. Like if it looks pretty, I'll usually give some credit to the coach, some and most of it to the players. But um, I don't know. I haven't watched a ton of Lakers basketball, but from what I have seen, it's been really ugly. And I don't think I'd, I think I would take Fisdale over Walton at this point. Okay. Yeah. And I, I mean, there's, there's just some interesting elements in my head. I mean, we can even, I, what does Kevin Durant think of Luke Walton? I mean, does something like that become a factor? And if Luke Walton is a well-regarded defensive coach, if you gave him a player like Mitchell Robinson, I mean, I don't know. I, it was just something spinning in my head and I'm glad you guys shot it down and made me sound like a buffoon, Greg. And Luke Walton was gone before Durant got there. I think. I think that's right. Yeah. They were, ah, well, then there's no connection there, so that's how. Um, all right, Fizdale, you're staying. Um, I don't one know, more, I guess. One, one more thing I wanted yeah. to say about Fizdale is that before his feature player was Kevin Knox, it was Tim Hardaway Jr. So not a lot to work with there either, Tom. He's like, uh, he's like a worse version of Knox. That's <laughs> tough. Would there, I guess, okay, so Luke – the the coach that's on the the hot seat to get fired, you guys don't want him. That's fine. Would there be anyone that could like that you you'd be saying like, oh shoot, like do we just call it a lost year for Fizdale? Take some heat for making him roll out with that team and bring in X. Is is like is there any names that come to you guys? Hornacek, Phil Jackson. <laughs> What's Derek Fisher up to? <laughs> I guess, I guess that's true. Maybe we just need to respect having a guy that's well-liked in the league and a normal dude. Um, man. Well done, Kurt Rambis. <laughs> <laughs> Where's man. Woody at these days? Woodson's a, he's an assistant coach somewhere. I think he might be on yeah. the Clippers. Pick him up. No, he's- it's – um. It is so tough. Like, how how can you actually measure the job that David Fisdale is doing <laughs> with this roster? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Boys. He's not an assistant for the Clippers anymore, by the way. He was last year. Now he's available. Okay. Well, hey, hot take. Um, boys, we got at SACDO coming up tomorrow. Back, uh, back-to-back after their performance tonight with Sacramento fighting for the playoffs and one of the more fun teams to watch in the league currently. And then at Phoenix Wednesday and then home versus Sacto before another little road trip. Um, I mean, we've got, we've got a fun tankathon game with the, the Suns there. I mean, is there any, Tom, you, you said it beautifully last time. Watch, watch for these players to develop something out of the norm. Damian Dotson passing, um, you know, it's, is there anything I, – I mean, obviously, if Frank comes back, the, the spotlight is going to be on him for the rest of the season because there's not a ton of season left. Um, we're uh, – some quick math. we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 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 nine. I don't know. We've got, what, 15, 15 to 20 games left. I, I couldn't count that high. Um, 
But, I mean, with where we're at with Frank this year, I mean, these could be huge games for his future. We talked about Dennis Smith Jr. being trade bait. Is there anything else that we need to be watch, watching out for besides hopefully not seeing the effort that they brought against the Clippers? I think it's 19 games left. Um, okay. Which is between 15 and 20, if I'm Bing. not mistaken. Nailed it. Uh, I will say stuff I'm looking for. Um, it, it's development of, of our already good players like Mitchell Robinson. He, okay. he really needs to improve as a defensive rebounder. Like his rebounding numbers have been good, but they've actually mostly like a lot of them have been on the offensive side. And he, he does do a lot of jumping for blocks and he, and he has struggled to grab defensive rebounds because he's kind of gotten himself out of the play at times. So that's, that's one thing I'm really looking for is him just boxing out and grabbing rebounds. To, to end defensive possessions. Um, and then, yeah, anything that Frank can do. I we, we just need to see some sparks because he is really hated among a certain sect of, of Nick's fans. Like, I'll post some some articles to, to Facebook. It's mostly on Facebook, I notice it. And, and people will just completely crap on Frank, more so than on Twitter, more so than on Reddit. It's just a, a certain group of fans who who think he doesn't belong in the NBA at all. So uh, he's only 20 years old. Knicks fans can be a little impatient, but I do need to see some evidence of some some NBA level skill that he has. Um, yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be it. The unfortunate part about it is some of the stats out there on Frank. Those people have ammo right now, so we need to get rid of that. Greggy Poon, what are you watching, my man? I mean, I'm just watching to make sure that Lance Thomas doesn't play anymore. No, that's the captain. Need, that's what I need to see. Too well, much you're Lance you're also watching Band of Brothers, I think, right? That's Kenny. I'm watching. <laughs> I'm not watching anything. I'm watching Cheers. I'm trying to free myself of it. <laughs> it's so there's so many episodes, but I'm so I'm like halfway through, but I'm like also like three months into it. It's terrible. It's a curse. Wow. But. I'm drowning in cheers myself. It's really tough to get. I mean, and I, I fell behind too. I, I like stopped watching for a little bit and it's just been, it's been tough to pick back up, but it's, it's um, a chore. I'm going to, I might set up like three screens and just play three episodes at once. <laughs> it also kind of romanticizes alcoholism. And with this next season, it's been, uh, it's been a little tempting to hit the bottle. So to answer your question, Jake, I want to see more episodes of Cheers and less Lance Thomas. <laughs> That's a, you know what? An odd amount of these episodes have had us spin back to having to drink to watch Knicks games. Um, and that's not really our style. We don't want that to be our style. Um, I don't know. 19 games left. Um, it seems like we're we're for sure locked in essentially – one of the four worst records? Three. We're, I mean, we're – five games separates us from the Hawks, and we're not going to win five games. Or yeah. It's either, it, it might, or the Bulls. It's either the Hawks or the Bulls that are five games. Okay. It doesn't matter. We're going we're gonna to be one of the worst three. We're going to have tied for the best odds for the top four picks. The, so the, the tank has been accomplished. The tank the tank has been accomplished. Um. Boys, enjoy cheers. Seriously, um, maybe put it on in front of the Knicks game instead of watching it. Um, no, I'm, I'm actually really interested to see if they have some fight against Sacramento. Um, a team in the West fighting for a playoff spot after you just threw up a total dud on a back-to-back night. Um, you'd like to assume it would be ugly. I, I would love to see some fight out of them. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's be honest. I think we're all ready to see those ping pong balls. Yeah, and De'Aaron Fox is kind of exactly what you wish Dennis Smith Jr. was. So. Ooh, mm, that's good. Yeah, maybe maybe uh, Dennis Smith Jr. will show up for this one a little more so because everyone's really been praising De'Aaron Fox, and a lot of it has been his intangibles, his leadership and, and things like that. So I don't know that Smith has that in him, but um, yeah, we'll, we'll see if that, if that uh, ends up being a rivalry at all. Tom, I love that. De'Aaron Fox, 6'3". He's noted as one of the fastest players in the league. 
Um, and he is getting a ton of love for what he's, what he's helping to do with this Sacramento team. That's, um, I, I love that. I, I would love to see if, if Dennis Smith responds to that or does not. He's um, got to get up for this one. I mean, of all the, the matchups, like it used to be Frank, he, he would have to do that for because of their draft positions, but, but Fox is the next one. Yeah, De'Aaron Fox, 17 points, 7.3 assists. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the numbers aren't too far off from Dennis Smith Jr., but when when you're leading the Sacramento Kings back to the glory land a little bit. Um, well, we talked Kings, we talked Suns, we talked Lakers, we talked Cheers. Most importantly, we talked Knicks. Um, if you guys have been listening, thank you. Um, follow Tom on the Twitter sphere. He's all in the gifts games. Um, jokes tom would you say you bring jokes to the table yeah starting to starting to get more into jokes really uh you know really calculated funny jokes you know that's what i'm all about so well <laughs> and well uh <laughs> no that wasn't a great plug but yeah you can follow me on twitter at tom underscore piccolo that's where i'm at you can read my stuff at the b-ball index and i'm starting to have more stuff come out at nick's film school as well and jake maybe you want to tease uh what we're up to next week yeah, we're. Uh, I think we're hopping on there this week, right? You, me, and Macri throwing bows. You, me, and Macri on Thursday. We're, we're recording a podcast for Nick's Film School. Um, I'll also be on Locked On Nick's wow. earlier in the week. So we're we're making the rounds, guys. It's all happening. Tommy podcast. Um, Greg, I mean, any any final shots? Say say something mean about Tom. <laughs> no, Let's Tom's bring him doing down. great. Tom's doing great work. He'll be uh, it'll be good when he's on some other podcast when we get Durant. <laughs> the, we're trading, we're trading Tom for Durant. Okay, I'll take that. Enjoy him, Golden State. No, um, all right, boys. Thank you too, as always. Thank you for listening. If you could and you're listening, leave a review. Say get us Kevin Durant. Say don't hire Luke Walton. Say anything. Leave the five stars, and most importantly, as always. Let's go next.